0: Following is an ORED Podcast Network production, bringing on demand geek audio straight to your eardrums, one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the ORED Podcast Network at OREDPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. Welcome back to the Gotham City Podcast. This is episode 2 on Sunday, the 19th, or the 18th actually, of May. My name is Ian and I'm your host as always and I'll be taking you through the latest news, interviews and updates about the Gotham TV show prior to its launch. So let's get straight into it this week. Thank you once again for deciding to hit that download button on the show. And if you already haven't hit the subscribe button, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already told a friend, tell a friend and hopefully they'll tell more friends and more people will then check out the show also. So this week it's now been confirmed that the Gotham show is going to go out on Monday nights in the 8 to 9 p.m. slot according to the uh, fall schedule the Fox actually released during the week. Now, this is actually one of those strange slots in one respect because it's going up against Big Bang Theory which is at the 8 o'clock slot goes until about half 8 and then PM Mom is also in the half 8 to 9 slot and that's on the CBS channel. The originals from CW is actually going out on the uh, 8 o'clock time slot as well, it's about an hour's show. But it's also, more importantly, it's going up against Dancing from the Stars on ABC on Mondays. Now, that in itself is a a fairly daunting one to take, because Dancing with the Stars has actually been doing steady numbers over the last year, and it actually, depending on who they actually bring in, it can either be... um, a show that's watched by a lot of people, or or not, but I mean, like, this is the same scenario. I would say almost that, um, or over the last year, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been sitting in on um, from um, ABC has been sitting in the same slot as NCIS, which is one of the highest rated shows on American television. So, you know, what it's either incredibly brave or it's either incredibly ballsy, one or the other, but. That's the time slot that we're looking at, so if that's the case then, I think what's going to happen here is that the Gotham City podcast, when it decides to go and hit launch, is actually going to move to being a Tuesday show, and I think that's pretty much now a given, so what I'll do is I'm going to continue to do the show uh, on Sundays up until maybe the week before. It's actually going to go out on the Tuesday, and we'll we'll flip the show into that day then for that. So, during the week, what also happened was they actually released some of the character uh, photos in terms of the regular cast that's going to be out there. So, I mean, obviously, you've got Ben McKenzie, and you've got Donald Logue sitting there as well. Um, They've also released pictures of... uh, Cameron Bacandova as Selena Kyle, who goes on to become Catwoman, and I love the fact that they've given her sort of the green goggles and um, the aviator style goggles over the top of her hood as well. I think that's kind of cool. Um, they've released a picture of David Mazus as Bruce Wayne. Uh, obviously, Sean Pertwee is Alfred Pennyworth, and you know what's funny is I look at pictures of Sean Pertwee, and even though he's in like almost like the three-piece uh, butler suit going on, it still kind of looks like. Um, his Lestrade character from elementary um i I 'm not going to be able to get that image out of my head, but then you 've got Aaron Richards playing Barbara Keane, who is of course going to be jim 's love interest um, and they 've also released a picture of Sabrina Guevara as captain Sarah Essen and that 's also pretty cool as well now the one interesting pic- image that they did release and i I'm, again I keep every time I see pictures of this guy um you know, it, it's... They really, I think they did, just on visuals alone, they actually picked a guy who you just look at him and you go, yeah, that's the Penguin, and that's uh, Robin Lord, Taylor, Oswald, Cobblepot. Like, he just looks the part. I mean, that's the one thing I have to give him credit for with this. They really went out of their way. If you think about, like, Harvey Bullock, most people, especially my generation, so I'm talking about people in their 30s, early 30s, or mid-30s, as I am, uh, we think of Harvey Bullock, and we think of that big behemoth guy that was in the animated TV show series, and it's very difficult to try and picture who you would actually put in that role. And, you know, Don Logue is... He has played a couple of really badass characters over the years, and you can sort of—he's not a small guy by any by any stretch in any case, but you know he's not that big behemoth type guy, and I think you actually kind of will overlook that behemoth figure for this. Uh, guy because his characters tend to be very very larger than life, especially his character in um, Sons of Anarchy, just like a complete and utter like uh, live wire and a major badass. And the other picture they released, of course, is a picture of Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney. Um, you know, I don't really know what uh, people are going to be expecting from her um, being in the TV series. I mean, it's not like Jada Pinkett's not an um not an established actress she is uh the fact that she's also married to Will smith i think comes with its own baggage for people to uh be able to sort of either, either get to grips with her character or to take to her character but you know what it's going to nonetheless it is going to be interesting to say the very very least now one of the other rumors that came out during the week i want to get into this just very quickly is that the shit the series was originally going to be 13 episodes okay now this actually hasn't been to at the point of recording of this show of course it hasn't actually been officially confirmed but it's uh, allegedly there's posts going around saying that this has now gone up to being a 16 episode run now this isn't unusual i mean some people probably think look at that and go 16 that's a, it's a bit of a, an odd number Fox have never been one for st- um, staying with convention um, and that's just something which I have to say I'm very happy about because there are some seas- uh, some series that will go to 22 episode full r- runs or 23 episode or like elementary 24 episode runs and sometimes with shows that go on for this long they will actually tend to put filler shows in there and, and They do it because they have signed up for 24, but they really only have stories for 16. So you end up with like eight shows of filler, which are either procedurals or they are, um, sorry, character diversion stories that don't really add anything to the narrative of the arc of the season. And... Here's the thing with this. There's some people who who also seen when I was sort of having a look around the internet, as I do on occasion, being uh, one of the denizens of the intertubes, that the original 13 episodes, some people were looking at that as the same way and they were drawing comparisons with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, this is 13 episodes. But once they get to closer towards that 13, they'll then drag that out to being 22 episodes. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think a lot of people will look at what was done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and realise that, you know, that first 13 episodes utterly killed them. Uh, And I think it was a a mistake in one respect because they keep saying that, oh, well, we knew what the story arc was going to be all along. Well, if you knew what the story arc was going to be all along, you wouldn't have dropped certain storylines. Um, and I think a lot of people will look at that, especially if they 're going to make shows like this in future, and they 're going to go look we 'll commit to doing uh, either thirteen or sixteen episodes i mean let 's face it defiance, uh, which is done over on scifi that 's actually that was renewed for season two, and a lot of people didn 't think that was going to be and i 'm actually really happy personally that 's been renewed because I really enjoyed season one, even though it was only like twelve or thirteen episodes. Again, it was 12 or 13 episodes where it got to the point. It did what it was supposed to do. And hopefully that will do the same thing here as well. Now, what they've actually also came out during the week as well. And this actually turned up on superherohype.com. If you have never been to superherohype.com, go and check it out. It's a great website. It keeps you up to date with news and movies and all the rest of that good stuff. <clears throat> But they actually released some more images actually from the set itself as opposed to just character images that are part of PR shots. Um, And the one, I actually really like the one that they've actually put up straight up front, which is Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney sitting in her office in front of a chess set. It's like one of these big old oak offices. They also got a picture of like um, Detective Gordon with uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, where he's got the blanket around him. Um, Harvey Bullock in a meat locker. Again, I've seen the Harvey Bullock in a meat locker thing, and the, I instantly went to Blade, uh, where you've got that uh, opening sequence of the very first movie, where they're technically in uh, an abattoir, having their uh, um, their illegal rave. Then you've got another picture of like Bullock with Mackenzie at the graveyard. I'm assuming that's going to be at Martha and Thomas Wayne's funeral. Um... I mean the the pictures that they actually managed to put their hands on for this, um, actually are quite helpful. Uh, in terms of like helping us understand, like where they're looking to actually place some, not only just some of these characters, but the world that they're actually going to frame them in and let them live in. I mean the one thing with this you also need to be cognizant of is, and I've, I've seen some people uh, again on the intertubes, and again, drawing conclusions that, oh, maybe you'll get to see, like, an early version of, um, a reference to Starling City or one of the other ones. That's just not going to happen. This is a Fox show, they are not going to make a cross-reference over to the CW. As much, this is, and this is the thing you always have to be cognizant of when... It comes to someone like DC or Marvel where they divide up their properties going over to different people. Cross-references actually never happen, and as a result, fans actually suffer for first. Um, while DC and Marvel think they're actually being smart and trying to get as many shows out, when they break the properties up and they get them out into different uh, stakeholders for turning them into either TV shows or turning them into movies, fans actually lose out as a result, because we're used to this entire big world um, of characters and this big landscape of different places and different times, and we actually don't get to see that full tapestry. We only get to see corners that have been sliced off and taken out and segregated. And it's something that I think DC... like DC is actually owned by Warner Brothers... At this point, Marvel is owned by Disney. They could, if they wanted to, when they're actually giving out rights to stuff fresh, like post their mergers and everything else, they could actually go and put this as part of the clause that, look, hey, if we feel we need to make a reference to this here, we're not going to have our hands tied. If we feel we want to make a reference to this character or this place because it's part of this little thing that you've niched off, you're going to have to let us do part of this. And we're not doing it to step on your toes. We're doing it because this is what's going to draw the most amount of money. I mean, let me put it to you in this terms: <clears throat> if you were in Europe like I am, okay, say for example, uh, imagine if there was if the WWE their programming in Europe it's on uh, it's on Sky Television, which is owned by the F- uh, Rupert Murdoch and the Fox Network, effectively, um, because it's all this, oh, it's all one the same at this point. Uh, imagine if they were to turn around and say that for their Saturday morning shows, which is like Superstars or some of the other ones, imagine if they said that there is no way you are ever going to be able to see their premier or their primary mark stars in terms of like the John Cena's, the Daniel Bryan's, the Randy Orton's. Imagine if you were never, ever going to be able to see those, and the only way you could see those stars was actually either going to be on the the tier 1 shows being Raw and Smackdown. You would not be able to see them on the other ones. There'd be no reference to them or anything. You wouldn't even know they exist. You'd only be saying seeing the B-grade or the uh, the tier 2 show. On the tier 2 show, you'd only be saying, seeing every other star, not their top tier stars. That is what is effectively happening when they take, they decide to carve up these universes. Because as fans, we're used to the universes. We're used to the fact now that DC brought everything together into one universe in a very, very believable way using Justice League and a number of other devices. Marvel has always been one of these where it's it's always spun its narrative around the fact that this is one big interconnected interjoining universe, um, and you're going to see that like further and further as as the breakups of these actually start to happen. You're going to see the disjointed nature of things happen. You're going to start to see more stories being broken apart. Um, not to sort of labour on it too much, but like a really good example of this is, if you look at the very end of the Captain America Winter Soldier uh, movie, you see the reference to uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and that they are somehow part of the, um, the Hydra plot. And they're, uh, they're in prisoners. They, rightfully speaking, should be part of the X-Men universe because their father is Magneto, eh, Eric lencher uh, Not Eric Lenther, um, oh, I can't remember the name, it's escaped me. This is what happens when I decide to just slightly di- deviate off tangents and off my show notes. Um, but anyway, they should be part of the X-Men universe. They're being dragged into this, but they're not part of the X-Men universe. There'll never be a reference to them in the X-Men universe until the X-Men rights return back to Disney Marvel. Because those rights for the X Men universe currently are held by Twentieth Century Fox, so there's like an example of how fans are actually being shortchanged of a very rich tapestry in a very rich universe. Um, and you know what? In one respect, I have I've actually really only got two hopes um, that I really hope are met with the Gotham series because I'm being that open-minded. There's only two things that I'd like to see an expectation of if we're talking about. Batman just before he puts on the cowl and that being the very end of the series I want to understand how in one respect it forms like Bruce's life gets formed and shaped by what's happening to Gotham not just what happens to his parents we all understand that part but I want to understand like how far Gotham goes into the doldrums and I want to see like Gotham getting worse and worse I don't want to keep seeing Gotham getting better I want to almost see it where this is a persistent struggle and it's uh, the problems that Jim Gordon is going to have to face as a result of that because this isn't a case this isn't going to be a happy TV series because let's not forget like as we're aware of like by the time uh, Bruce Wayne decides to don the kell, Gotham is in the pits because as we're told from like the Batman Begins story that the League of Shadows or the League of Assassins whichever way you want to call it after what happened with Arrow I'm, I'm okay I'm not fussy either way that they want to come back and they want to raise Gotham to the ground and um, to build it back up and we understand that like at the point at which uh Bruce returns to Gotham and first dons the cowl like Gotham is in a pretty sorry state so I want to see the continued decline and degradation of Gotham. That is my first hope. My second hope with this is that I do hope they introduce parts of uh, the Gotham sphere of existence inc- uh, to include places like Bloodhaven. I want to see places like Bloodhaven being brought into this. Um, and and let me just sort of fra- sort of show why this is actually important. When you talk about something like Gotham, okay, Gotham has the potential to create additional spin-off series that follow either later on in the timeline after us, or much later on. I mean, that's the same way if you take it as, like, we had Batman the Animated Series, and then they went one step further where they created Batman Beyond, which showed, like, much later down the line in Bruce's life, when he's an old man and he's retired from being Batman because he nearly broke his one rule. And he realized, you know what, I'm at this point, can no longer do us, I need to step back. I would like to see a Bloodhaven being introduced because I do believe at some point we are going to get a Richard Grayson or a Nightwing TV series. I I really believe that we are... The time is actually ripe for that to actually happen. And if you consider what happened up in... um, it wound up in one of the recent storylines out of DC. The name of the book actually escapes me. I was only just actually reading through um, the different parts of it the other week, uh, where, I, I don't think this is spoilers, it's in the comics for God's sake, so you know what, screw it. I'm not even going to worry about that. Uh, or, Nightwing, but basically what happens is, all of the superheroes are killed, and it's left up to the humans, like uh, like Nightwing and the rest of it, to actually try, and who's Dick Grayson, who's reverted back to being Nightwing after being Batman, to try and save the world. Uh, Pure evil, I think it's called. Um, Where at the very end, Nightwing is presumed to be dead. And what's actually happened is that Dick Grayson actually stops being a superhero and actually goes on to become a spy instead. um, Coming out of the back of it. And you know what? That, to me, is... An example of like how you can keep growing past it, and I would like to see a TV series where we actually get to see how Nightwing learns to become Nightwing. I want to see the a pickup of that point of where uh, Dick has literally just taken off the domino mask, thrown it at Batman's feet, and just said, "You know what, Bruce? I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore." I want to see him learn to be his own man. I want to see how he progresses himself. And I think introducing places like Bloodhaven would allow for that to happen to at least if they wanted to do that creatively, they could look into doing that. Or if there was other parts of the universe they wanted to explore. Um, Would I be interested in seeing a Catwoman TV series? No. I'll be brutally honest. And I mean, here's the thing. I have loved what Gail Simone did on uh, the on her Catwoman run in DC, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was actually really, really good, and I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the Catwoman stories I didn't really enjoy that followed from from other people who took over. Really didn't dig them. It didn't. It didn't. I, I can't see how you could make a TV series out of it. And that's the thing when I'm looking at the. At the uh, some of the work that's been done in the new 52, I've been looking at it going, wow, actually, that we, you could take a certain spin on this and make a good TV series out of it. Um, I don't think we should ever go near a Superman TV series again. Um, and the reason being is we've had now uh, two, three attempts at this. If you want to count the original stuff from going way back in the day in the 50s, uh, that's one you can count. We've had the animated ones, and it's been done, and I'm not counting those, but you've had Smallville, and we've had The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Uh, I don't think we need to get down the route of another one. But again, I think it's important that we make a reference to these things where they can and where it's permissible. Um, And, you know, if the series goes well, I hope that it allows them to create a jump-off and create additional spawn series, in the same way that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has now spawned Agent Carter um jury will be out on that one hugely but i'd love to know what you what people think in general about um it being number one a 16 series show number two going out on mondays against dancing with the stars do you think that's a big risk do you think it's a big gamble but i'd also love to know what people's own expectations are for this show what are the sort of the limited amount of caveats that you're already putting on yourself as a fan of this entire this sort of universe as it were, or this bubble as it's going to be, this concentrated bubble of Gotham like what do you, what are you expecting from the show? What are the things that for you are the things that you'll want to see? What are the things that you don't want to see? Let me know. Send me an email, gothamcitypodcast at gmail.com, or you can drop me a tweet on the Twitter machines at Gotham City Pod. Until next time, same bat time, same bat channel, this is the Gotham City Podcast, signing out. Where there once was the sound.